August 23, 1987, Kevin Ives and his best friend Don Henry set out for what was said to be a harmless night hunting trip. The boys left their homes at slightly past midnight. Four hours later, Stephen Scheuer spotted the boys laying across the railroad tracks that ran through their town of Bryant, Arkansas. Unfortunately, when Stephen spotted them, it was too late to stop his 6,000-ton cargo train from crushing the two boys. Subsequently, a preliminary examination of the deaths of the two friends was carried out by the coroner, and it was ruled that under the influence of marijuana, the two friends had simply fallen asleep on the railroad tracks. Doubtful of the coroner's dubious ruling, the Ives family hired a private investigator to look into the case. While looking into the case, the investigator reported meeting resistance at every end. Local police and other investigative agencies were uncooperative in contributing to the investigation. Five months later, the families of Kevin and Don held a press conference and managed to have the case reopened. The bodies were exhumed and it was found that there was evidence to support that the boys were already dead before they were struck by the train. Their deaths were no longer classified as accidental, but now ruled as homicides. Officially, the case still remains unsolved and there is no shortage of loose ends. Join the theorists as they warm up to this cold case on The Boys on the Tracks. Welcome to <laughs> Alien Theorist Theorizing <laughs> Case File 103 Boys on the Tracks. I'm Braden. Uh, I'm Zell. I'm Dan. I instantly I'm saw the live stream kicking. I was like, what do I normally say? Oh no. <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> myself. Ah, who is that? I've never done this before. Um, think by 100 channeled your inner boss hog there yeah i was like them boys so a little rough what's uh you know it's been been a little while since we've been recording non-stop it feels like but uh not a lot to this is the first one we're all back on it for a little bit all the studio zell had an epic meltdown earlier today oh it was unbelievable unbelievable I thought we were just, that, that's it. Pod's over. No more. <laughs> Pack it up. We're done. <laughs> we had a good run, boys. Catastrophic failure. Chernobyl. I thought Meltdown. I thought my computer was, bus I thought it was over. I thought my hard drive was done. I was like, oh, this is, this is game over. This is the end of the podcast. This is how it goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm back on the, I got the, I got a, some Monday night beers going too tonight. Just drinking some old records, Rattlers. They're I also delicious. got some beers going. I got uh, a bad tattoo, which is out of Penticton, B.C., the Bike Barn ISA. It's delicious. ISA. It's India Session Ale. It's like a, a lighter, a lighter style beer. It's delicious. Yeah, so it's more lighter than pale. A, uh, like, what is lighter than pale? Um, a yes. session. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't know shit about beer. I just go by the label. It tastes good. That's all. I, that's all you can do. It's got a cool can. Uh, Zelly, why don't you get your finger, uh, finger by the Q button? Because it's time for some space news. 
go. NASA wants to open the International Space Station to private travelers as early as 2020. And this just in, something catastrophic happens to the International Space Station in 2020. Uh, that's my guess. <laughs> Seems you can't to happen have a idiots lot. aboard this thing, man. What are they thinking? I don't Wait, know. What? You, like, they're opening it to private travelers. Oh, okay. As early as 2020. I'm like, you can't just have fucking a bunch of dinguses up there. Pulling levers. It's a bunch of rich, I don't, bunch of rich people. Yeah. yeah. Don't know don't what know, they're doing. I don't I don't think they'll actually like be touching anything. I don't think. That'd oh, be weird. Well, you're floating around in zero zero gravity, you're probably bumping into some stuff. But yeah. Uh you know, future new headline, Starbucks opens first interstellar. <laughs> interstellar dr- interstellar drive through, fly through. Orbital orbital uh coffee <laughs> coffee bar. Now, I was looking as I was reading this article. It it currently had the NASA astronaut candidates must meet the following qualifications: pass an exhaustive physical exam, twenty twenty distance and near vision in each eye, uh, corrective lenses or corrective surgery permitted, a bachelor's degree in engineering, biological science, physical science, computer science or mathematics. And minimum of three years of related professional experience obtained after degree or at least a thousand hours pilot in command time on a jet aircraft. You know what that means, boys? None of us are going to space. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Today, Ever. we still have till 2020. Dude, you got plenty of time. Yeah, there's no way even in the rest of my life I could get it took me it took me five years to get a diploma in like whatever basically general studies <laughs> so I, I wouldn't be able to there's no way like it's not a million years mm. well not well, with not with that problem. attitude I they're gonna a, have to drop no. they're gonna have to drop the qualifications <laughs> so a bachelor time. of business administration doesn't count for space travel no no with a like a diploma majoring marketing not not Super happening sad. i took a couple astronomy <laughs> courses as electives does it yeah. count See if you sure. can get the credits. As soon as they start allowing electives in there, they didn't mention any electives. So, <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? But maybe, maybe if you contact them and just show them your transcripts, they'll. But you guys have the piloting jet ed- aircraft hours down, right? You guys got those at least. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a lot of time well, on I, flight I, simulator. I played, I I played fucking simcopter at least a thousand hours. <laughs> simcopter. At least simcopter. a thousand hours. Do you th- do you think simcopter translates over to the jet aircraft requirement? Is it they're the same, same right? I mean, same air, helicopter, helicopters and jets, they're the same. That's gotta be same pretty controls. much exactly the same, I think. Oh right. Eh. Uh we got. Oh, this was great. Did you guys see where Donald Trump kind of made reference that the moon and the Mar- moon and Mars are the same thing? Oh, I did see. It. I did see something about that. Yeah, United. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He, he, I don't have it up. I just remembered it now. He basically referred to like, he's like NASA shouldn't focus on going to the moon. They should focus on bigger things like going to Mars, which the moon is a part of. And you're like, what? Well, it's a what part of where else are they going to get all the chocolate bars from? It's a part of space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a I part of so. space. <laughs> I could see somebody actually like typing that. Like he was talking about space, like as a whole. I could see that happening. Probably yeah. somebody said that. You can defend him. Someone will defend him. Somebody. This will. one was sent in on our Discord server. Mass anomaly detected under the moon's largest crater. Yeah, I read that one. That one's cool. 
Uh, a mysterious large mass of material has been discovered beneath the largest crater in our solar system. The moon's south pole, Aitken Basin, and may contain metal from the asteroid that crashed into the moon and formed the crater, according to the Bayer University study. That's cool. So yeah. and- secret Nazi base, secret Nazi moon base. It's a giant metallic structure under, under the surface. Yeah. Nazi moon Iron, base. Iron Sky called it. Yeah. Is that the one where there's Nazis and, on T-Rexes and stuff? Or No, that's the second one. I watched that one already. Oh, it was good? Good shit? It's fucking nuts. It was nuts. It's crazy. It wasn't <laughs> great. It wasn't a great movie, but it, uh, it was crazy. It's pretty, pretty nuts. Uh, what else? I had one other thing. Uh, no, that's basically all I have. This other space news kind of sucks. So I'm not even did, you, did you read the one about a uh, self-proclaimed UFO researcher claims to have found an alien city on the dark side of the moon? How? UFO enthusiast Scott Waring or Waring was looking at a photo of the Giordano crater, Giordano Bruno crater, and he pretty much says there's at least 23 structures and they look about 100 million years old. I don't know how he got 100 million. 23. It's a bold claim. Was a bold claim. How's he, how's he looking at these things? It's got something to back that up. Sorry, not not 23 structures. A 20, it was a 23 minute video. I read that wrong. But oh. ma- many stru- <laughs> many structures. Up to 100 million years old. I don't know where he gets the 100 million from, but... 23 minute video? Wow. Dude, I, I don't watch anything five minutes or... Like, if it's five minutes or more... Five minutes? It. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, give it, come on. I don't got time you, for this. Let's you'll go. be lucky if you, I, like, I will click on a video. If it has a video, I won't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nope, I'll read it. Like, if you, if you put a full description in the thing, I'll read the description before I watch the video. <laughs> don't make me watch some videos. Uh, that, that's all I had for space news. You got anyone else got any space news? No, that's any more that's space it. news. Mm-mm. Except for space. Uh, all right, well, let's get into uh, UFO case file of the week. Let's do a randomatron here. Yeah, fire it up. Oh, <laughs> uh, where is this motherfucker? All right, here it is. Here we go. <laughs> Thinking at it right now. Nah. That's honestly the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> oh, you have the book. He has yeah, the just book. Fact, it faxed out the whole book to me. Faxed out the book. <laughs> the book is back. Um, this story, this, this tall tale of adventure is called Sandra and Peter Taylor. At two o'clock in the morning of... The 17th of August, 1972, Peter Taylor and his wife, Sandra, were returning from one of Sandra's dancing engagements. Driving through the Yorkshire Dales, on the way to Harrogate, they they encountered a melon-shaped object by the road. It had a fluorescent door that seemed to be opening. One of Sandra's dance colleagues was dozing in the back of the car and did not observe the object, though this may have been due to poor eyesight. Was he fucking sleeping or did he not see it? What do you mean? He's like, I was sleeping, but maybe I saw it. I got bad eyesight. Uh, It's not adding up. Shortly before they saw the UFO, the radio had filled with static. 
According to the reconstruction of the event, the object that had caused this and which was seen by a couple by the couple landing near the road was some 30 feet high and 60 feet long. That is a fucking huge melon. That's fucking Why do you describe it as a melon? I was thinking it as the size of a melon. That's fucking huge. No, it said melon shaped. So it was melon shaped. Okay, but that's what's a melon? It's a sphere. It didn't say melon sized. Why not a giant sphere in the sky? Giant sphere a, in the sky. Because a sphere would be a circle, and a melon okay. is like what, what? Okay, what's a cantaloupe? Is cantaloupe not a, a melon? That would be a sphere. Cantaloupe's okay. a r- round melon. Round melon. What, could, what, what well, kind I of melon are you guys right. talking about? I guess technically you'd be talking right. about a watermelon. Like, I was thinking of watermelon. Yeah, what? Watermelon yeah. shape kind of well, like a I football. mean, the honeydew is a melon as well. I mean, that's true. I'm... I'm just saying, if it's different, something thirty different feet wide by sixty feet tall, I'm not going. Hey, look at that melon! <laughs> you know what I saw? It kind of looked like a melon. Maybe melons are important to these people. Maybe it's a fucking you know everyday thing for them. Holy, <laughs> holy shit! What is that? A melon? <laughs> yeah. Is that a melon in the, in the distance there? Is that a big melon? No. <laughs> it's fucking the dumbest thing I ever heard. You should never refer like, just a huge spherical object in the sky. Way better. But it wasn't spherical. I'm sure they meant like it was like a, like an oval shape. It was like this. A huge oval shaped object in the sky, 30 feet wide by 60 feet tall. Yeah, they that sounds that. better they than say, melon. They that say, sounds better than a melon shaped object, yes. They encountered a melon. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. All right. Keep going. Keep yeah. going with the melon. Um, as the door appeared in the object, Sandra indicated that the couple entered some sort of cone of silence. What? Ah. What? Cone of silence. That's like a level three wizard spell. Okay, I get <laughs> well, it. Uh, where the not even normal nighttime noises could be heard, and commonly reported feature of such sightings. Uh, so when you see a melon. All goes quiet. Hmm. Uh, Sandra became drawn towards the object, left the car, and started to walk towards it. But Peter, what, but Peter tried to draw her back. Ahead of them on the road had been a police car, but they could not remember passing it or where it had gone, suggesting some possible missing time period. When they arrived home, a police car near the house checked them out, presumably due to the time of the morning. The police officers suggested that perhaps they had been drinking, which was likely to be because of their state of shock, the witness thought. The tailors made a report to the police the following morning, though both the witnesses believed that the police already knew the story that they were being told. Possibly their own police car that had been on the road had filed some report of the sighting. Incredibly, it appears that the police gave the story to the local press, and following this, the national press soon besieged the house, although Sandra had by then left for an engagement abroad. Sandra apparently self-reported other types of clairvoyant activity and reported dreams of holding conversations with a small leathery man with (laughs) piercing blue eyes and a slit-like mouth. Dreams not dissimilar to many reported abductees. A little little leathery man. Uh, After a year, 
A year after the sighting, Peter was driving alone when his car stalled and cut out. Suddenly, he found himself driving on a different road, 40 miles north of Daresbury in Preston, and discovered that he had one hour missing time period, which has not been investigated. That's the story of uh, the Taylors and their leathery man encounter and their fucking melon, melon, their melon encounter. But, so what what did the leathery man look like again? Uh, he was a small leathery man with piercing blue eyes. Imagine me, imagine me just like really suntanned, <laughs> like really suntanned. Like I'm one of those beach guys that was just sitting there, like all a head, up. like a head shorter and really tanned, and just really tanned. So much that my skin do you, is leathery. Do you look anything like this, dude? Mm. Ugh. Oh yeah, that's that's what I imagine it looks that, like right there. That's him right that's there. Perfect. All right, that's the leathery man. Okay. Uh, I I I I wasn't there. Uh, that Maybe he looked like a melon. I don't know. Another gem by the. It's been a while since the UFO encyclopedia had had been had been popped out. Yeah, this little leathery man and his fucking melon, flying melon. All right, what do we got here? What are we do, doing today, boys on the tracks? Little murder mystery. Little murder mystery. Uh, very, very, very interesting case. Um, so I'll do a little synopsis, and we can kind of start breaking the piece, the story down part by part. Let's get to the boys on the tracks. <laughs> boys on the tracks. Murder mystery. Um, in the early hours of August twenty third, nineteen eighty seven, uh, best friends. Uh, 16-year-old Don Henry and 17-year-old Kevin Ives um, tragically passed away. Um, in the early morning, uh, the driver of a 60,000-ton cargo train noticed two bodies lying side by side in a straight line on the tracks. He honked his horn, uh, but was the figures did not uh, didn't move. He hit the emergency brakes. <laughs> Fuck off, Andrew, you fucking dick. Oh, man, we need Dan back. Yeah, Dan, well. you got to read this stuff, man. Hey, he he honked. He blew the train horn. He couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't come to a stop. Uh, unfortunately, they ran over the bodies. The drivers got off the train. Immediately, one of the first things they noticed, um, obviously, the bodies were dismembered from being run over by the train. The first thing they noticed was the lack of blood. Um, just a little bit about Don and Kevin I or Don Henry and Kevin Ives. The boys were typical teenagers. They loved cars and hunting on the weekends. They went, uh, uh, to double dates with their girlfriends. Uh, and the tragic evening, Kevin and Don met a group of friends at the commuter parking lot, a popular gather gathering place for the local teenagers in Bryant, Arkansas. Around midnight, the boys left to Don's house to get a 22 rifle to go spotlighting, which is super illegal. A method of night hunting uh, using uh, off-road vehicles and flashlights, transfixing the prey uh, while the others, while one person fires at the animal. Uh, they had a quick chat with Don's father and said they would be going hunting near the train tracks, and that's the last time anyone saw the two of them alive. So why don't we why don't we break this one down a little bit? So the morning of August twenty third, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, we have these train conductors. I don't. I don't have their names off by hand. Um, I, that's, you can easy hashtag look that one up. I don't know. Dan. 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 Dan? No. Yes. Hashtag look it up. Look it up. Hashtag look it up. Train conductors. Uh, 
you know, and I got to take this with a, like, they're going 20, they're going the regulated 25 miles per hour down this hill. And I guess how it works is the conductor, they have one person whose, like, job it is to, like, you're conducting the train, you're watching the tracks, make sure there's nothing on it. Uh, and in the distance, he sees an object, he sees something, he's not sure what it is on the tracks. So he's looking, he's not sure, he starts firing the horn, whatever this is doesn't move. Now, what's, tw I don't know what 25 mile per hour is, what's that, in the that's the devil's measurement, what's it in the regular I don't know, like 37, <laughs> 37 kilometers or something. So it's like, it's not, they're, they're not humming by any, by any means. They're not, they're not humming down this track. So I, like it's 40.2, 40.2. Yeah. So that's, you're not, that's not going fast. He says with the night and the lights of the train, he saw the boys laying on the track covered what looked like, imagine like being tucked in like a, like a blanket with a green tarp over top of them. Yeah. But by the time he realized what it was and hit the emergency brakes, you know, it's, I don't know how long it takes to stop a locomotive like that, but I imagine like kilometers. Well, th this was like a, a 75 car, 6,000 ton fucking locomotive. Yeah, right? big. It's like, it's not coming. It's not stopping in time. Fuck no. So right away, they call it in. They call the dispatchers. They're like, holy shit. We think we hit some body. Like we think we hit some people on the track. Authorities are getting called. Like I said before, they got out. There's... There's parts, body parts everywhere. And right away, they're like, it's not a lot of blood, which is uh, surprises some of the conductors. Um, then it goes to the police come in. A whole bunch of weird things happen. Police come in, do invest, take over the investigation. They're like, yeah, you know what? Like, it's all good. We're taking over. They tell the, they tell the train conductors, yeah, there, there's no green tarp. You, you guys must have imagined that. Um, it goes to, you know, obviously the... Ives' parents and the Henry parents are notified that their their children have passed away. Uh, it goes to uh, the, the the deaths of these two boys are initially called um, accidental. Uh, the resident, what's his name there? Fami Malik. Yep. He so he's the a resident medical examiner. Yeah, he's the count the county coroner at the time. The coroner. Yeah, he's a coroner. There's a difference. And uh, and he says. He says, yeah, in his initial findings, he I, I love this part. He says, you know, the boys must have smoked around 20 marijuana cigarettes and went comatose and laid down on the tracks to sleep and weren't awakened by the sound of the train coming. And that was the official cause of death. Any issues with that, boys, so far? What's, your, what's the initial thoughts looking into this one? Well, like I remember when you're you're touching on the fact that you said there was a lack of blood, and like to go into a little bit more detail on that, um, when the paramedics came on scene to examine the bodies, they noticed like obviously there was a lack of blood, but the blood that they did have looked a lot like it resembled a lot more of like venous blood, and like if you know the difference between like venous blood and arterial arterial blood, right? Arterial blood is the blood that's carrying oxygen, right? Yeah. It's carrying all the oxygen to the, your main arteries, and Venous blood is the blood that's coming back to the heart. You know what I mean? Deoxygenated. Then your heart, your heart and your lungs oxygenate it and pump it back. Right. Um, and all the blood that they were noticing was very dark blue and like very thick and jam like, which is very indicative of venous blood. Right. So non-oxygenated blood, which means 
that like obviously these people have not, they're, they're, have not been auctionating very well for a long time, which means they've been dead for a while, most likely, right? Like you wouldn't see that in a, a freshly, you know, like you, you got to think about it, right? If these two guys fell asleep on these tracks and it was indeed the fucking the, the train that killed them, these people would be fucking sawed in half, right? Yeah. Clean cuts in half, and they would just be pouring bright red fucking arterial blood. I don't. Well, I, I think most of the people who get run over by trains. It's like a twisting. I don't know if they'd be cut in half. Well, I and don't they? A hundred percent. No, no, no. That, that, they, have they that would front be severed scoop? by the train. Like that front 100%. scoop on those trains. Well, how it were they, they laying it or not? Well, were they laying across the tracks or were they, were, they, laying they were laying across the tracks? Yeah. Okay. Because they were, and, and again, they were severed. That, that's what happened to these bodies, right? So how yeah. long would they have had to been dead? Well, that's a good question, right? It varies. It, it would be tough to put a timeline on it, right, without actually having an, the autopsy reports. I tried really hard to find the real autopsy reports right. from this, but they've been fucking buried. I wonder why. I wonder yeah. why. Yeah, train tracks are four, four feet, eight inches wide in the U.S. So how old are these kids? are 17, so they're like probably like almost six feet or so. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like... I mean, yeah, they're by all accounts, they're no one was like, and one of the boys was abnormally small. Like, the by all no, accounts, are just normal. I was just trying to see like, where kids. the train would hit them first. But if they're like, the guy said, it all depends on exactly where they were laying. I think it would be like head and like shins would be gone. Yeah. So, right away, something fishy to me is that the train, like, again, 40, 25 miles per hour, 41 or whatever kilometers an hour is not that fast. And these guys had spotlights on the front of the train. And these conductors who were like, that's their job. is like, they like, they, they see stuff at night. That's, so it's not like this is his first time being on a train at night. He says, I saw these boys covered in a green tarp. They were, they were covered. And the police are going, nah, that, nah, they weren't. And it comes out later that a, they found a piece of tarp, like at the crime, well, at, sorry, at the, the scene of the accident. They found a piece of green tarp. So right away to me, I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, why? Like, what's the, I don't, I don't, I believe the conductor when he says that, if he saw that you're not going that fast. Right. So it's like, it's not so like, it'd be very distinct to see two bodies, but the description of like, there's two bodies and they're covered in a tarp. Like they're covered in like a, a, what looks to be a green tarp. Now that could have been a blanket, whatever. Right. Covered but like in to me, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, it's so weird. Um, well, even, even if they, they saw them, like, I, I would like to know how long it would actually take this fucking train to come to a complete stop. Oh, oh it, I it said somewhere the in there. Trick. I, 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 I want to say it was like, hmm, I'll look it up. Keep going. So, it could take like upwards to like maybe three quarters of a mile to stop because even going slow, even going slow, 25 miles per hour, which I don't think trains actually travel that fast. Uh, it's just them moving, but especially like through a town or somewhere like that, they wouldn't be moving that fast, I imagine. So even if they are going that fast, it takes a lot of distance for them to stop. Totally. Okay, here it is. Like, that's what I'm so a- average freight train, 90 to 100 cars. Or ninety to one hundred and twenty cars, a mile and a half going at fifty-five miles. So half that, so like half, half a mile, that. half so, it. You know, so like you know, a while. 
Let's say you need half yeah, a mile to stop, to, and by the time you saw something on the tracks, too late. You, it's too late and to react. Yeah. Well, it's and think late. about it like it's it's four a.m. in the morning when this supposedly happened. You know what I mean? How far ahead are you able to see? And for the most part, you probably just think it's a fucking tarp on there, right? Yeah, you wouldn't know what it was till it's like too late. You're blowing the horn. It's yeah, it's if the person. Exactly. Sometimes like people do that, they'll lay on tracks as like chicken with the train and they'll get up, you know, within like a couple seconds, they'll roll out of the way. Right. So they'll blow yeah. their horn. So by that time you're blowing your horn, you're hoping the people move, but then you slam the emergency brake. You're, it's way too late. Oh man, they, they do that a lot in Maple Ridge down here. Sometimes it doesn't work out well in their favor. You'd be surprised how many people get killed by trains over there. Cause a lot of times, a lot of times when they're, uh, aren't they, when they're going slow, people like try and jump on them or jump through them and they trip and they get run over and. I've seen two since I've been down here, and I've only been down here for a few months. Yeah, my, my uncle was a conductor for CN Rail, and he said like 25 people in his career, he got ran over by a train. And most of them accidental, like trying to get on the train or jump through it while it's moving slow and you trip. And, but. Fucking natural selection. If you're dumb <laughs> enough to do that, then that's the way she goes. Yeah, yeah, these guys, they were laying on the... Okay, so we got a train, got two guys on the tracks, train can't stop, runs them over. They're, they end up being two best friends... We're out hunting at night. Yeah. What? What? Well, they, why, they, why are we talking? They obviously about it? just got way too high. Like, you know what I mean? They yes. got way too slow, stoned, and everybody knows that weed sedates you and knocks you out and makes it so you can't hear a giant fucking six thousand pound or ton fucking freight train coming barreling down on you. So that's normal. Now, the obviously the parents they didn't know a lot about. Um, like marijuana and the effects of marijuana. So right away they they were questioning. They were saying, "Well, we don't think our kids did that. They weren't those type of kids. We don't think that they would do marijuana." And they're like, "And how much? Like 20, 20 marijuana cigarettes? Zell, how many? Okay. You're a resident marijuana expert. Oh, let's." <laughs> so I read this. I read this, this in the. You guys sent me some stuff and I read through it. And that was the first. Okay, the the first cause was oh they smoked too many joints they decide to lay on the road maybe to play chick lay on the tracks maybe play chicken with the train and they were so stoned that they just didn't hear a fucking freight train barreling down at them honking its horn is unbelievable this is at a time when you know marijuana like war on drugs the war on drugs is at a peak people think that marijuana is, some people could be convinced about this because a lot of people hadn't smoked like don't smoke it or didn't smoke it but for like to smoke twenty joints, first of all, you couldn't smoke twenty joints. I guess if the weed was just like bush weed and like it was no, but it would take you like no, you gotta smoke for that, and that wouldn't be that strong. The only way I could ever see you getting so intoxicated by marijuana that you could not get up or move out of the way is is if you ate like a massive amount of edibles, like a massive amount, like a tub of butter, to the point when like you're probably like like your heart would be like you you'd be fucked. And like a tub of, like a tub of weed butter like, or like a whole like fucking bottle of extract of that's the only and way you can eat that stone and then you'd have to By lay itself. down on a train track well and then well if you had that and, uh, like uh, sorry go for it well i i was just gonna say like i've you know what i mean out of especially now that like pot's legalized right in my field we obviously are seeing more and more people using pot yeah and like when we do get overdoses on thc and i like i'm using if you can't see them i'm doing the air quotations yeah. because you can't really overdose on it you'll see people presenting with like 
almost like seizure-like activity. Like they can't control their body. They yeah, they're fucked. These full body t- twitches and like that's nine. 99% of the time, that's from edibles and from the tinctures, right? Yeah, the oil, yeah. Like I've, ne- You know what I mean? Like, I've never heard in, in my career or anybody else's, anyone ever having any effects like that. I don't think you could actually physically smoke that much weed to get that stoned. Like, you just, your body, your, 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 like your throat would be, like, shredded by smoking that yeah. much. Oh, God. I feel terrible. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, and, and obviously the parents, they had their... They had their questions about that situation, right? Yeah. So, it, it, sorry. The medical examiner, there were some red flags that were coming up that just didn't really make sense, especially with like the paramedics reports. Um, you know what I mean? There were some, there were some people who also like witnessed some inconsistencies with the police reports. Um, and from what I understand, they decided to, you know, hire their own examiner to get a second opinion. Right. Yeah. And, and this Fami Malik by all accounts, was an absolute dick to the parents when they were asking, like, well, how many, like, how many milligrams of marijuana of THC was found? Like, he was not helpful at all, and he was not helpful to the the new, like, independent. He wouldn't release any of the, like, information to him off the bat. Well, he he actually, like, when the parents came to talk to him, the only rebuttal he had was the autopsy pictures and the pictures of them on the tracks. And he kept trying to show them. And they're, the parents are like, we don't want to fucking see this. Yeah. And the only, his only rebuttal to that situation was the toxicology, toxicology reports. I was saying, no, there is THC in their system. Okay. So this, let's get is, into Fami Malik a little bit here. Yeah, this is crazy. So, so Fami Malik, he is, you know, Dan, was he the, was he the county coroner or was he the just... Or just the coroner? I see. He's a medical examiner. Yeah. I thought, he was a co- I thought he was a coroner. No, he was he was the county medical examiner. So this isn't his first issue with, you know, isn't the first red flag. Uh, I've got a couple of the highlighted cases. Uh, he wants uh, a man who was decapitated. Fami Malik stated that he most likely died of natural causes and that his dog chewed his head off resulting in the release of the of the prime suspect uh in he, um, so so what he ruled that one as actually is the man died of an ulcer yeah he said the man died of an ulcer and then he tested the stomach context of the man's dog and they came back positive for brain matter oh crazy yeah. oh. and he said he said the dog chewed his head off. Jesus. Uh, which, which there are more records of that actually happening. What kind of, well, what kind of fucking I, okay, dog was so this? Let's, let's give him this one. Let's give him this one. Let's get on to the next one. The Albright case on June 28, 1985, Raymond P. Albright, 50, of Mountain Home, was found in his yard dead of gunshot wounds. Albright had been arrested the night before on charges of theft. Malik ruled his death a suicide. Right? Okay, shot himself. Albright had been shot five times. All five shots were in the chest, and the weapon was a high-powered pistol. Set it up on a timer, and... (laughs) Well... Celebrate suicide. (laughs) Celebrate suicide. (laughs) Malik's attorney on that case stated that the pistol was most likely a semi-automatic, capable of rapid fire... And the pattern of wounds suggested that the shots were fired in multiple suge- uh, succession. So he sat there, boom, 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 ah. boom, 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 five times. 
No, no, it's slower. Boom! Oh, I missed. Yeah. Get it this time. Well, they say ah. by the shots, they say like the pattern was like he went up. But if anyone knows how a gun recoils, when you shoot, your hand would go. I don't think you would have the gumption to hold, be able to hold the gun and the recoil and take the pain of getting shot five times. What? Mm. <laughs> Suspect. Yeah, like little suspect. Uh, um, all right, let's get to this one. Uh, he wants he wants a he wants misread he wants misread a medical form and accused another coroner of killing a patient. Uh, he made an accusation uh, that uh, what is it on June fourteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Andrew Smith, 59, who police said had shot himself, was declared brain dead at University Hospital in Little Rock. Life support was withdrawn. A week later, Malik told officers that the order to end life support was given by a deputy county coroner, Mark Malcolm, who had not consulted Smith's family, and that he ruled that Malcolm killed Andrew Smith. He ruled it a homicide. So Malcolm Smith was going to be charged. During the investigation, they looked at the paperwork, uh, and the director of the state health department said that Malik apparently had mistaken the symbol to mean without family consultation. That was checked. He thought that meant the check was mean they weren't they weren't talked to. So he inappropriately just was like, "Yeah, this guy killed someone." So it you know that's we're getting we're getting to see a picture of this guy, uh, the Stevens case. August 18th, this is later on, uh, 1990, Gregory Stevens, 25, of Hot Springs, was fatally shot while on his front porch of his home. Prosecutor Paul R. Bozen brought Ernest D. Lemons, 21, a parolee, to trial on a murder charge. Witnesses said that Stevens had been shot from the street about 40 feet away. Multiple witnesses. When Malik took the stand, he said that Stevens had been shot point-blank range, causing Deputy Prosecutor Bruce McPhee to have to ask for the charges to be dismissed based on Malik's evidence. Crazy. He, he ruled a shotgun blast to the back of the head, a suicide. He's ruled a drowning. Someone dr- was found in the in a water of a pond, and he ruled it a suicide by drowning, but he was also shot multiple times. Like, it just, this guy is insane with the... the he, he ruled a woman um, an accidental death from a fall from a porch, porch which was nine inches high. And she, she ruled that an accidental death. And her autopsy report said she had multiple critical injuries, including a broken neck, broken nose, ribs, cheeks, puncture wounds. Like, wait, so you know what I mean? Like <laughs> nine inches. It was the last step that killed her, not when they pushed her all the way down the stairs. It was only the last step. Yeah, the very last her. rise. It was a nine inch <laughs> a nine inch deck into a twenty-five foot hole. <laughs> One thing that Fami Malik did do is that um back in the day he made a calling on a nurse, a nur- an anesthesiologist. A nurse. Yeah, a nurse. Anesthetist. Anesthetist. Yeah. That's one. What did I say? You said an anesthesiologist. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. They were fucking all A words, bud. I'm surprised <laughs> I got that one out. That uh, was pretty good. She, by all accounts, kind of botched. Uh, someone came in. Um, there was a 21-year-old um, African-American man. 
there was a car of um, some white teens hurling racial slurs at him. Someone threw a beer bottle at him. He picked up a chunk of concrete. He threw it at the car, broke through the window, and it hit a girl in the back seat. Uh, they rushed her to hospital. By all accounts, she was totally fine. She had some pretty bad injuries, uh, but they were going to do non-critical surgery to fix her nose, fix some teeth. Uh, when she got into the bed, all her vitals were good. Um, they had the breathing tube. I don't know what they're called in the like into the nose. And they wanted to repair her nose now, so they needed to replace the the breathing tubes from the nose to the throat. And by all accounts, this nurse couldn't do it and kind of botched it. A doctor had to step in and do it for her, put the breathing tube in. And then there was no record of how long she was with oxygen. And she later went brain dead and, and passed away. Mm. Yeah, she she actually she was going endotracheal. She missed she tried to intubate the patient. And she kept missing the endotracheal tube and she went hypoxic for like over five minutes, which, yeah. you know what I mean? Your, your brain's not getting oxygenation. And then she just, it says she just slowly went bradycardic, which means her heart started to slow down and then she just died. Now, th- this nurse was suspended. She was not allowed to practice anymore until Mr. Malik, uh, you know, got a hold of this case and he made a finding that it this person, she died from the injuries from getting hit with the brick, causing this 21-year-old man to be charged with murder. Huh. Uh, who, who was this nurse? Who, I can't remember her name. I know who her son is. Well, she's got a pretty famous son. Her, you know, her is it Susie Kelly? Susie Kelly. Some, uh, her son is then-Governor Bill Clinton. Virginia. Virginia Dwyer Kelly. Yeah, and her yeah. son is then-Governor Bill Clinton. So Fami Malik makes a call that essentially wins favor with Bill by kind of saving his his mom's career. So so the the Ives and Henry family kind of get get drift of all this Malik guy's fucking malpractice, right? They they start cluing in and realizing that this guy, you know what? This guy's dropped the ball on several occasions. He's got tons of lawsuits against him. You know what I mean? He's got quite the shady history. And they decide to get their own second opinion. So they hire their own examiner from out of state. He comes in completely, you know, unbiased and starts going over all of Malik's stuff. And he does his own uh, examination of the bodies and goes over everything. And he starts real, like noticing stuff like this Malik guy is completely out to lunch. You realize that uh, Kevin Ives died from blunt force trauma, most likely from a bun end of a rifle to the head. You notice that Kevin um, uh, or Don Henry had a stab wound in his back between his shoulder blades. What? Uh, he realized he realized things like there was part of fucking Kevin Ives' foot still at the crime scene when he went over the crime scene. They missed it. Um, Sloppy. He also he also wanted to go and do you know further examination to prove you know what I mean blunt force trauma, and he couldn't because the boys' skulls were all chopped to fucking pieces. For absolutely no reason. He said there's absolutely no reason why a medical examiner would mutilate bodies like So that. when he went to go do a second autopsy, he couldn't because the skulls were gone. They're all fucked. The, he, the Malik chopped them all into pieces. That's fucking bananas. Right? So everybody's getting all... Everybody's like, okay, this is fucked. This Malik guy's completely botched the situation. He's got a fucking massive history of, of malpractice. We want this guy out. You know, boot him. 
And what ends up happening to Fami Malik? What, what's his punishment for this? He gets a promotion and a raise by Governor Bill Clinton. Gets a fucking $14,000 promotion. They say, oh, you know what? Fami's been overworked. And, and underpaid. There's, there's a little bit. There's, there's a, he's overworked, he's underpaid, and there's kind of a language gap there. So, you know what I mean? I think a lot of the uh, issues have come up because, you know, Fami's from Egypt and English is his second language. They literally brought all this evidence to Governor Bill Clinton and he said, well, I think this is more to do that he's overworked and underpaid. Oh, my God. You're like, what? Fucking bananas. This guy's doing a terrible job. So, um, they threw, I mean, I couldn't imagine being the parents of these boys, but they, they held, they held in there. They had, they kept trying to raise, um, you know, public interest in it. And kudos to them with bringing, getting special investigators at their own cost and everything. They got this case reopened. Uh, is this where Dan Harmon comes in, Andrew? Yeah, so so he, right at the beginning, he introduces himself. He he goes to them once the case gets reopened. He he Dan Harmon swoops in to be like, "I'm here to help." I'm the pros. Well, he was the lead prosecutor in the situation, right? And he he actually volunteered to be lead prosecution on this fucking investigation. Yeah, he told the parents, right? "This is bullshit. What's happening to your kids? You know, like I'm here. Like we're, we we got to get justice for your kids." So he's charged with a grand jury. Dan, I'm not sure what a grand jury is there. We have coroner's inquests here, and I imagine it's similar to a coroner's inquest. But like I don't really... Grand, are you talking about like a grand jury? Yeah, I don't know what a grand jury is. I don't know off the top of my head what the difference between a grand jury and a regular Dan, jury Dan is. Dan doesn't know? <laughs> nope. Oh, shit. Ooh. We're going to pull that T-shirt off T Public at the end here, of the night. Here it is. As Google says, a grand jury... It's a group of citizens empowered by law to conduct legal proceedings and investigate potential criminal conduct and determine whether criminal charges should be brought. A grand jury may subpoena physical evidence or a person to testify. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, kind of similar to a kind of similar to You can change the t-shirt to say Google knows now. Yeah, Google knows. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> So yeah, so Dan Harmon comes in, he gets a grand jury. He's in charge of putting this grand jury together. Uh, then what's up with Mr. Dan Harmon there, Andrew? Well, right away, he's pretending like he's looking out for the family's best interest, right? He's, you know what, I'm going to go to bat for you guys. I'm going to do my best to, you know, advocate for the boys because, you know what I mean? They, they can't speak for themselves and we're going to get to the bottom of this. You know, good, good, good guy Dan over here. Turns out, as soon as it goes to fucking court, he does the complete opposite. He starts backing Fami Malik 100%. He starts advocating that Fami Malik was completely right in his decisions, that the boys did probably smoke only, you know, smoke the 20 marijuana cigarettes, and shit got a little wild and decided to have a nap on the fucking uh, railroad tracks. He saw no, no reason to suspect any type of murder. Now, not only that... But as he's putting together this grand jury, people start coming out of the out of the woodworks that have information that say, you know, I have information about the murder of these boys. Um, one of these was Kevin. I don't have his. I don't have his. Um, McCaskey. Kevin McCaskey. Kevin McCaskey. He comes forward and he McCaskill. says. Kevin McCaskill. McCaskill. And he says he was not only not only does he have information. But he's willing to testify, and he was involved in the murder of these boys. 
Uh, so Shirley, he brings this to Dan Harmon and, uh, surely Dan Harmon gets them all set up to testify. Uh, does he ever testify, Andrew? Uh, no, he doesn't. He did actually pass a lie detector test though. Yeah. And then, and then what happened? Did he, he, he leave? Did he, they just couldn't get him to testify or. Um, I'm pretty sure he got, uh, stabbed, I think 22 times in his garage. Yeah. Ooh, weird. Just, just 22. Kind of weird. Just 22 times. The casual 22 stabs. Now, yeah, but you know what I mean? If if good old family was looking after that, I think that would just be your old-fashioned suicide, wouldn't it? By all accounts, I mean, this Kevin guy, he lived a little bit of a rough life. So it purely could be coincidental that he, uh, after he says he have his information on these murders, uh, he's stabbed 22 times. Now, uh, another boy, one of the boy's friends, says he went with them to the tracks that night. And he says he saw the boys with the police officers and he was going to testify that, you know, they were there snooping for drugs or something and something went amiss and the boys got murdered. Um, he goes to Dan Harmon and surely he gets to testify, right? Andrew, this this young young kid, the the friend, does he testify? Turns out, turns out he doesn't. Whoa. That's shocking. What happens to him? He he, there's no way he dies too, right? Goes to, Me- uh, goes to no. Mexico. That, that would be too weird. Goes to Mexico. On vacation. Uh, comes back? No, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. Classic. He died. He he dies in a motorcycle accident, a high-speed motorcycle accident, getting crashed, and he crashes into the back of the semi. And there's accounts that he was being followed at high speeds by another car. Well, it, and it's cool, too, because he actually gives a little bit more insight on the situation because he, he actually reported that the boys witnessed... You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything, but they witnessed some things going on in the tracks that just you know it seemed a little abnormal. They were confronted by a group of people. They hightailed it back into town because they knew they saw something they shouldn't have. Where two police cars showed up and grabbed Kevin and Don, beat them unconscious, and threw them in the back of their car. Huh. Yeah. And he turns up dead. Now. Dead. We get a great. Like there, there are reports of him talking to his mom, being like, "I'm being followed. Do not be surprised if I do not live past, you know, this weekend." Uh, his he was uh, Kevin Coney. That was his name, Kevin Keith Coney. Keith Coney. Yeah. That sounds right. Um. Now we also have Gregory Collins. Gregory Collins approaches Dan Harmon and he says, "Listen, you know, I have information to present that I can tell you that these boys died from gunshot wounds to the head." Right? Or these boys died from gunshot wounds and they were attacked. And does he get to testify? Nope. No, before he testifies, he dies from a gunshot wound to the head, which is ruled by as a suicide by none other than... Sammy Malik. Wow, what a connection there. But I'm not hearing anything... I'm not hearing anything suspicious here at all. Nothing. Every single person that Dan Harmon gets... To like that has good evidence on this case turns up dead. Um, so then all of a sudden, like it, it let's let's get into Dan Harmon. So this guy is obviously an upstanding citizen, isn't he? What's he what's he doing nowadays? Um, I'm pretty sure he is still in jail. Yeah, this or, guy's Dan Har- Actually, no, what Dan Harmon's dead. I'm pretty sure he died. I don't I don't know if he's dead or not, but he's a bona fide scumbag, hundred percent legit. <laughs> He 
He's been arrested numerous times for selling methamphetamine to kids, you know, uh, getting caught with drug, like drug dealing cocaine, um, eliciting prostitutes. The guy, this was while he was in offices as the prosecutor, as the special prosecutor, he beaten his wife, all this shit. This guy's a scumbag. Now, it seems to me that he was, he put himself in the position to do this to identify witnesses of this case. That's what it looks like to me. Well, because he did. He volunteered for this job. Yeah, it's, he wasn't appointed. He put himself in a position to, you know, be able to track down witnesses and loose ends in this case. Now, we have this Suzanne. I love this one. Uh, Suzanne, where I got to find, I got to pull up the tab where I have her information. Oh, where is she? Suzanne. Come on, oh, Suzanne. Suzanne. I'll never find it now. I hate, I was looking at other stuff and then I'll, I'll never find it. Um where's Suzanne? I know it's in here. Uh, oh, sorry. Charlene Wilson. This is great. So oh, yeah. Charlene Wilson. Jumping ahead. Charlene Wilson. I'm going to jump ahead on this one a little bit. Charlene Wilson is an ex-girlfriend of Dan Harmon's. Charlene okay. Wilson is serving 20 years to life for drug convictions in Arkansas after she breaks up with Dan Harmon. And this is great. This is unbelievable. You know who is the prosecutor that is the head prosecutor while she's being convicted? Oh, I couldn't even guess. Dan Harmon. Hmm. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. She comes out and she says in custody, I was with Dan Harmon and this the uh, Kevin, Mc- how do I say his last name, Andrew? McHale's? McHale's? McCaskill. McCaskill. On the tracks that night. And not only does she go that far, she says she implicates herself. She says that she had a knife in her boot and she she was the one that stabbed one of the boys in the back as Kevin and Don Henry or Dan, Dan Harmon beat the hell out of these two boys and leave them on the tracks. And no one gives it. No one gave a shit. No one gave a shit. Well, she she actually ended up writing her confession down after being prompted by Kevin Ives' mom, right? Because Kevin Ives' mom heard that she might have had more evidence on this situation, had a conversation with her. She wrote her confession down in 2015 and got it submitted to the now prosecutor to get the ball back in motion to see if we could, you know, come to an actual conviction here. Because obviously we have enough red flags. You've got Dan Harmon in jail right now for drug-related offenses. You know, all the dominoes are getting lined up. So she brings it to the prosecutor... And, like, oddly enough, I know it sounds pretty crazy, but this prosecutor who is now in charge, believe it or not, just happens to be related to somebody. Who's he Who's he related to? Uh, he's Dan Harmon's nephew. Huh. Oh, wow. Whoa. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how is that not a conflict of interest? I don't know, man. So now, like, so now we have, we have somebody who's openly putting Dan Harmon at this scene, right? So we... We have somebody saying, okay, I see Dan Harmon, I see Keith McCaskill or Kevin McCaskill, whatever the fuck his name is, and they've got the boys, they've beaten the boys, we've stabbed them in the back. We know that Dan Harmon is being currently incarcerated for drug-related effects. What do we think that these boys saw that put them in this situation? I, I don't think they saw anything. I have a theory on this. So in that area... This is a known area, like, and around the area where, you know, it's not un, un, 
it's not crazy to see low flying aircrafts with their lights off because this is where uh, what's um, this is in the area where like Barry Seal. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, Barry it's Seal. Mina. And if you don't know, there's you know there's a movie on him. He worked for the drug cartel, allegedly backed by the CIA, doing drug drops into Arkansas. Um, I, there was a movie with Tom Cruise where they do the same thing, low flying aircraft, and they just drop the drugs. American made or something. Yeah. American made. So I think there's rumors running rampant in town that these, this, this area has been set up as a huge, like drug operation backed by then governor Bill Clinton. And I think it was so well known in these areas that these people are doing these drug drops that these kids were sitting on the tracks and they're like, you know what? They're fucking dumb kids. That's, you know what? Like I, I could have seen myself doing something stupid like this too. When I was that age, I've been like, Hey, maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get like a, we'll, we'll find a brick of drugs when these things go by this area. Right. And I think, you know, maybe they had the night or maybe for whatever reason they're on the tracks. So they seen something. And, uh, I think I think I think they went out there because they knew they they knew the area. Either they heard it through people at school, people someone knew, right? And so they went out that area looking for drugs, and they happened to run into people picking up drugs. I think that that's what happened. They got caught, and they these people they see each other, right? And they're like, now we got to do something with these kids. Yeah. Which like which blows my mind because like yes I know there's tons of mistakes that have made these these aren't the smartest criminals in the world but like you know what I mean you wanted to you want to get rid of these kids we want to kill them and we want to keep our drug our drug ring under wraps and keep it quiet here's a great idea let's murder them and then put them on the fucking railroad tracks so they get dismembered and flung around the fucking forest like are we can we not have come up with a better fucking plan here seems like you could have disposed of. The, something of the body is a little different than I don't know. Yeah, you could have been a little bit more in, inconspicuous, I'd, I'd say, like just a tad. Maybe there's, yeah, there's, that, there's that bold that they just knew that they could get away with it. Well, you have if you have Fami Malik in your pocket, they have. right? And it's and there's there's other boys, Billy Hainline and Dennis Decker out of Oklahoma in June 25th, 1984, died the exact same way, exact same way. Mysteriously, they were ruled um, they were ruled no foul play at the initially. Died laying across the tracks uh, in Oklahoma. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. And and you know what? Like, I don't know if you want to talk about it yet, but we actually have a, who is my personal favorite witness to this situation has also come forward. Let's hear it. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. None other than Billy Jack Haynes. Any you guys? Does that name ring a bell to Billy anybody? Billy Jack yeah, Haynes. It's a professional wrestler. Oh he was a, shit! Uh, he was a he was a title contender in the eighties. You know what I mean? He was he was kind of a big deal. He was never really like I don't know. He was never really the the top tier talent. You know what I mean? Like he was kind of used to put. Ah, uh, he was a little bit more than a jobber. He was used to put guys over, but he still you know what I mean. He, at least he was having the title fights. He was I guess you could say he was a little bit maybe more of a heel. But uh, he came forward and in, in I think it was in like the the early two thousands. This guy's saying that he actually worked for. Dan Harmon and Bill Clinton saying that he transported and trafficked large quantities of cocaine throughout the United States of America. He said that he worked with Barry seal um, in Arkansas. He said that he was there present in 19 in August of 1987 at the murder of 
Kevin Ives and Don Henry. He says he was contacted by Bill Clinton himself. To not say anything? To make sure. To, no, he was contacted by Bill Clinton himself to oversee this transaction. Of, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever happened. Like he was he muscle. That he did. was muscle. Exactly what he was like. He was. He got a phone call from Bill Clinton, like hours well, after so wrestling King Kong up, Bundy. Pull his picture up again. Look at this guy. Yeah, no, like wait. he's a beast. He's, he, I lost him. I'll get it he's, back. He, he's getting a phone call, like minutes after stepping out of the ring, wrestling King Kong Bundy, being like, "Hey, buddy, I know you're in Detroit. We need you to fly to Arkansas. We need you to fucking flex your muscles and be a big guy to watch over this fucking case." So he comes out, he comes out, sorry, it was a video and actually in, in 2009, he comes out and goes off and starts saying, I was there, I witnessed it, Don Harmon is fucking guilty of this, these boys were murdered, they were out spotlighting deer, he's closed. Does this look, hell no. Okay. But why, look at so, that guy, so, man. Guy's a beast. So, I, I do gotta get into a little bit of that though, because... <laughs> Here's a little background on our on our buddy uh, Billy Jack Hayes. Um, he's a known diagnosed sociopath. He's currently been on and been addicted to methadone, heroin, fentanyl. Um, he makes this video where you everybody like, if you got a chance, type it in and watch this fucking video where he shoots on Vince McMahon and he goes off about for 45 minutes about how he explains that he's the one that created WrestleMania, that Vince McMahon is a murderer. He's responsible for killing Roddy, uh, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. He's responsible for killing fucking uh, Owen Hart. Maybe he is, he's, but I'm telling you, you got to watch this video because the guy's absolutely insane. He's in the middle of like shooting on guys and he'll just stop and he'll stare at the camera and scream bombshell tonight. And just fucking keep going and as like people pass him by as he's cutting this fucking hot fucking take. Like it's, it's fucking hilarious. So I think there is a little bit of fucking truth sprinkled into what he has to say, but he's also a fucking raving lunatic. So he's not fully trustworthy is what you're saying. This is true. And also how long after the murders did he come out and say that? Um, see, that's a good question. I have written down here and it's from a video in 2009. So, so that, well after. I, I, I don't really, I, I'm not sure if that's accurate though, because I remember watching a, a news broadcast that looked way more ghetto than, than 2009. Now also, also um, too, the thing is, I always like the thing, like I, I always find it weird when people are like willing to implicate themselves and people don't take them seriously. You know what I mean? Like if that's true, like guess what? He's in some trouble too. Like he's not get he's not just like, here it is. And I'm stepping away. It's like, no, no, no. Like you were involved. You're now in trouble. Like you've, you've, you've implicated yourself. Yeah. Let's get. So I always, I'm, I think like, I'm like always. And if you, if you pass a lie detector and you're implicating yourself, I'm like, ah, you know what? Like that's some compelling evidence. I mean, the lie detector doesn't, it's not always, doesn't always work, especially on a sociopath and stuff. But I'm like, wh- why, why are you implicating yourself? Right. Well, um, I don't know. Maybe he maybe he wants to be relevant again. Maybe so, he felt like that was that was his opportunity. I'm not sure why he would choose. I guess it. I guess that case wasn't obscure. It was pretty high profile at the time. But yeah, it's now. So um, let's go back to the grand jury. So despite Dan Harmon's absolute every effort to railroad this thing, in my opinion, by you know outing witnesses and you know 
I think he was either, if he wasn't directly involved, he was pointing the finger at who needs to go, who's got things that can hurt, hurt big people. Um, the ground jury announced that the boys' deaths, deaths may have been involved, like been related to drug trafficking. That's what they find. They're like, these these kids, they didn't pass out. Like Everything points to that these kids were murdered and probably has something to do with drug trafficking. Following <laughs> this announcement, Sheriff Steed, who's the sheriff at the time, he refuses any funds to aid in any further investigation. Steed also lied about where they had sent the boys' clothes for examination. Uh, Steed sent the clothes to the Arkansas State Crime Lab, not to the FBI, as he was supposed to do. Like, I'm like, there's all these people like in these positions that are just like, it, it's one of those ones where you're like, well, this seems crazy because everyone would have to be involved. And this is one of those ones where it the evidence points that all these people are involved, like at all levels of government levels of law enforcement like everyone was on the take it's crazy so they must have been bringing in mad amount of cash or drugs for cash well dude it, barry seals was bringing like the amount of money that guy was transporting in drugs is insane so he died i think he died before this but just because he died doesn't mean that the operations that you know started with him stop right yeah he's just one 100%. guy i don't think just one guy there's still other people that worked with him so I so well I was just going to say like as far as as far as theories go I actually was able to track down on Reddit uh Linda Ives who is Kevin Ives's mom she did an AMA on Reddit and she's built her own fucking case and her own theories as to what she thinks happens and she's been fuck she's still investigating this she's still fighting to have this fuck have their deaths be ruled a murder huh. fucking crazy and like here I'll I'll read like somebody asked her on uh, on Reddit, they're like, what do you think happened? And like, this is pretty cool. And it's along the lines of what a lot of us are thinking. But she says, the drug drops at that site, which is known as A12, were arriving weekly. And they weren't just drugs. They included money as well. The drop was made the week before the boys were killed and it went missing. And the people on the ground were on high alert and trying to find out what happened to it. Kevin and Don came walking down the tracks they grabbed them and interrogated them for information they did not have. They were beaten and stabbed and put on the railroad tracks, covered with a tarp in hope that the train crew crew would not realize they had run over anybody. Okay, I like that. I like that because if it went missing a week earlier, I forgot that a week, pr- week earlier to the boys' deaths, police in the area... Uh, responded to a call of a guy in military fatigues. And when they got there, like into the woods in that area, the, whoever was in military fatigues turned with a, pulled out, like had an assault rifle, turned and started firing on law enforcement. Left in the woods and they never tracked him down again. Now that same day that the boys died, there was reports of a man in military fatigues being seen in the area again. I read that too, but I, I, there wasn't much. I, that should have been a bigger story. Yeah. Well, I'd see that's a problem. I tried looking into that too, and I couldn't find any articles to substantiate it, right? Like it seems pretty crazy. Yeah. I almost felt like that the guy in the army fatigues was like a, just an addition, a fictitious addition to the story, but maybe not. Well, I mean it's in like it's in police reports and stuff, so Oh, is it? Yeah, it's like you can pull up police oh, wow. reports from it. So I'm like Oh shit. I'd see so, I, I that's what I was looking for. I couldn't I find couldn't it. find it either, but 
Okay. The, the week before, I'll, I'll send you guys the link. But then, like, let's get into some of the other uh, other people on the list I've, as I found my other tab. Uh, another recipient of a subpoena to appear before the grand jury, Daniel Booney Bearden, uh, disappeared mysteriously. He's never been found. Uh, another death connected with the case, uh, 21-year-old Jeffrey Edward Rhodes, who was found in a landfill in April 1989. Hmm. Like the just list goes on of all these people that are connected to this are just, um, just dropping dead, right? And no convictions. No convictions to this day. Bananas. It's it it it's just there's corruption written all over this one. It's so blatant to see that people were covering it up. To what extent and to what level is is hard to is hard to gauge. Dan, what do you think? Well, like that. Personally, I think that this is a really it is an it is an unsolved case, but for me it's open and shut. It's pretty much I would come to the conclusion the same that uh, uh Ives's mother came to. For sure. Is that there was a drug there was a, an extensive drug ring operation because pretty much everyone in this story is involved with drugs. Yeah. Like Dan Harmon has a drug history. Uh, his girlfriend has a drug history. Uh, all of the, uh, you know, the sheriffs and stuff would be in on it because they would have to be in on it. Like Fami Malik has been around for a long time and coroners are not always the most upstanding of great people. They hold a lot of power, especially when you can tell, you know, you can rule us, uh, you know, a gunshot, you know, an obvious murder as a suicide, you know, avoiding any investigation of any kind or any type of criminal or forensic investigation. You just rule it as a suicide. So he would probably be in on it too. So, well, how far, I, how far I do you think it goes it was, up? Right. Cause it's, it, uh, I think it's pretty well rumored. Like even before I looked into this, that like, uh, uh, Bill Clinton kind of likes his nose candy a little bit for sure. Yeah. But even if that, if that was the case, I don't think he'd be involved with like those, like this, because most of these guys don't seem involved with like cocaine. A lot of them seem involved with methamphetamines. Like that's a little bit of a different racket than the cocaine one that was going down. And the whole Mina connection is a nice one, but the whole operation that was running out there it was like CIA run. And the CIA usually runs a pretty tight ship. They wouldn't have really brought in like, I don't think they would have brought in local law enforcement or the the tiny kind of gangsters that you would kind of have running methamphetamine things like that because then that's just more people that know and more things that can go wrong so i don't think that would really think now whether there were actual other um there were other drug operations running at the same time as the mina operation was going around uh, yeah, that could happen as well because Arkansas is a pretty nice place to fly out of if you're going to South America or Central America. So, totally and, possible. And um, there, there's also a like Braden. Have you ever heard of Terry Reed? Have you come across him at all? No, he's well, governor he? or something, isn't so, he? So Terry Reed was a pilot that worked with Barry Seal. Ah, uh, different guy. And he wrote a book called Compromised. And in this book, he tells of meeting. Governor, then Governor Clinton, um, and other national names, which he didn't, uh, I don't have written down, but Clinton obviously is an important one in the story. And he, he mentions that Clinton was promised the presidency if he went along and allowed them to use the Arkansas base. And this is all while he was the governor. 
And you know what I mean? Like this, this is in this Terry Reed guy's book who is known to have worked with Barry seal. And you know what I mean? Like if you would have just read this book, you would have been like, Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like let's have some evidence. Give me something. But then when you think about him saying that and how that fucking ties into this entire case, it's pretty fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, like if that would have been the case, then yeah, he could have been in with it because the Iran Contra thing was like a whole big, big deal, um, you know. And if he had his contacts with Oliver North and kind of that kind of thing, like all running that stuff in, they probably would have contacted him. Like I maybe they would have said like, hey, just uh, if anything kind of weird going around in here, um, just just you know ignore it, just let it slide. I mean, that's I something think, that's, a, that's, that's possible, but I don't, I don't think that had really much to do with the kids dying. Well, I, I, don't think I think, I, I think that some high powered people that Clint was, Clint was in their pockets and they're like, Hey, listen, buddy, we're going to be running some things through Arkansas. We need you to turn a blind eye to this. Next thing you know, the people who are doing this are involved in a fucking murder and Clinton's like, what the fuck? We need to cover this up. My name's kind of attached to this. I want to run for fucking president one day. We need to make sure that this blows over. We'll use my medical examiner to make sure that things go properly. Right. Now, if Clinton, because, you know, now you get into like a big money conspiracy, like controlling of politics. So, but why would they do such a shitty job? Yeah. Well, like, why would, why, jobs why would the guy try to go and be like, hey, these guys smoke 20 marijuana cigarettes? If you're a, if you're a president <laughs> who likes cigarettes. cigarettes. Well, if you're here, a president who likes his nose candy, then I think you would know that that kind of story wouldn't fly. So, so why would why would President Clinton associate himself with Fami Malik given his fucking history? Well, there you already said that they're already associated because yeah, he's, he saved all, his mom. He saved his mom. You do him one favor, but you continuously do this, and then you put the guy up for a fucking a promotion. I would be like, no, buddy, we gave you a chance. Pound fucking sand, right? Like, there's he, so many. Eventually, due to pressure, Clinton asks Malik to resign, and he resigns, and he gives Malik a high-paying job with his like with his with his like one of his foundations. Well, if also yeah, if you're coroner, I would pretty sure like because he ruled those other things, like he knows where the bodies are buried, and he could potentially testify. Yeah, and if he went missing, then it would probably be a bigger problem than if they just kind of paid him off. He's a guy you have to keep happy at that point, in my, like in my eyes. Like he's he yeah, knows too that's much, what I, that's and he's too well what involved. I'm saying. So oh, no, totally. If, that but totally then when makes you sense. have the I, governor who's looking out for you, giving you jobs, at, like I, I need you to, I need you to resign now. But here, have this other high-paying job in one of my foundations. You're looking after the guy, like that's there's friends or not or whatever. Like it's not a good look. And when you start to look into like the amount of friends that Clinton does favors for and stuff like this one kind of sent me down that rabbit hole. And I'd love to do some conspiracy around uh, the Clintons. Well, the Clinton, we get into the that. Clinton kill count is an unbelievable conspiracy. Yeah. Of how that, I don't know. A lot of that stuff is questionable still. A, a lot of their names do come up in quite a few. And a lot of it's been disproven. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the bottom of it, Dan. You just wait. Uh, so okay. I got I got one other theory. This is I mean this is a this is this was reading all the material. Um, Kevin Ives' father, Larry Ives, is coincidentally a conductor for Union Pacific, which is one of the trains like the train that ran over the boys. And in my head, like 
you know how like we all here up here like you know the shoremen are a little corrupt like the longshoremen there's some corruption and stuff with yeah. bringing stuff into ports we always you always hear the, those rumors and whispers around that you know the sh- there's a little bit of corruption in the in the shoremen not saying there is whatever i'm just saying that's what we hear in a state like this where the drugs are running so rampant at a time i always wonder if some of like the trains were being used and utilized to like move drugs Mm. And I want to look into this further of the other two boys that were died on the tracks, but uh, Larry Ives, the, he is a conductor, and he like he drove those tracks sometimes. That wasn't his shift. But I always wanted. I always just popped into my head. I was like, I wonder if they were sending a message. I wonder if someone was sending a message, putting those boys on that track. Dude, and that makes right? sense. Like to maybe, me. like mm, maybe he was. They they're like, right? hey, like, we there got was this. no nothing quiet. I'm not about saying that. he was involved. I'm not saying he's involved in any way, but I'm saying that like maybe someone else was like, yeah, this this Larry Ives guy, you know, he he's not on he he won't he won't get in on board, whatever. And completely unbeknownst to him, they're like, well, send a fucking message to him. Yeah, makes send in a message, maybe send a message, right? I I always that's what popped in my head when I started reading that case, and I in no way am I saying Larry Ives is involved at all. I'm saying he was probably an innocent party if that's the case. Um. I was just. I don't. I don't think. I. I'd like to know. I'm not sure. I'd like to know how many people ship cocaine on trains. Why? Well, I mean, it, if doesn't, you have it trains, doesn't feel like a good idea. Yeah, but I'm just saying is like if you're in Arkansas, or whatever, and there's so many people on the take here. You've got planes fucking driving at night, dropping stuff. Like, how hard would it be to get some conductors like on the take? Right? Like, stop why it. would you just move it by trucks though? It'd be easier. I, I don't yeah. know. You can't stop Various the trains things, unless man. you. I don't know how. I don't know. That'd be a. It's. I think it's, that would just be too. I don't. I don't know how many oper- drug operations have run out of uh, rail yards before. <laughs> I don't That'd know. Be a good there thing go. to look there up. There you though. go. It's that fucking. It's that secretive. We got no idea, man. We have no idea. Train's it's, been doing this shit the whole time. What's yeah, your uh, exactly? What's everyone's What's everyone's <laughs> final thoughts on this one, Zell? What do you think? What do you think happened to those boys? Well, as I'm pretty much on the same board as these guys got involved in something. They either seen something or in the wrong place at the wrong time and people got rid of them. It does seem a little sloppy how they got rid of them, but maybe because they knew who they kind of knew that they could get away with it because they've got away with it so many times that they kind of gotten sloppy. And if it does go up to Clinton and it does go, because now we're talking, now you're starting to talk about like a shadow government, people who can put people in political power. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Clinton, if you go ahead with this, like that's just another uh, couple points for you towards being president. You know, joining the joining the elite club, but at that point now, who who is who are they? Who are those they? Telling Clinton like, okay, if you do this, we'll get you in office. But yeah, no, I'm hundred percent on board. This is, it's there's too many too many things that add up to it being, well, a fucking murder, obviously. But I don't know. If, I don't know exactly. It's un, it's unsolved. Something happened. Huge cover up. Grand conspiracy. It ran, it ran deep through this town. And if it does go up the political ladder all the way up to like the governor of the state, I don't know. Was is there any conclusion? Was there anything found of like drug rings in the area, or they could still be going on to this day? Uh, well, well, like you had the like the Mina Intermountain Municipal Airport that was being used to like ship cocaine, guns, and money from Central America uh, through Arkansas. So like there was there was all that stuff like 
this was a known area for like being used by the CIA as well. Uh, they they found like clandestine uh, like methamphetamine labs. There's tons of drug activity in this area. <laughs> They're probably still cooking meth out there. It is Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're from if you're listening, you're from Arkansas. Like you must hear the whispers. If you hear if you're hearing the whispers, let us know. I want to know like does this stuff still go on there? Like do you hear these rumblings of like these you know, like these drug things that you just don't, don't get involved with. Right. Like, um, you don't get involved with, like, it's just trouble. If you go around asking questions and stuff like that, like I'm interested, I want to know. Yeah. So I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just curious. No brain's going to come down there. Like <laughs> Wayne, the rock Johnson out. and yeah. walking tall and going to come down yeah. there. I'm going to run, gonna run for mayor. Like <laughs> um, but like, I, you know, like how we say, like, it's so sloppy if it, if it was, you know what I mean? One of, you know, if it was somebody high up was involved like Clinton. But you think about it, like, what happens if they just entrusted the wrong guy to take care of this stuff? And by the sounds of anything, everything we've learned about this Don Harmon guy, he's the wrong fucking guy. Buddy, it sounds like he was, drug, he drug was doing addict. the drugs the whole time. Like, oh, fuck. Exactly. He was, he was a known drug addict. And all while he was a piece of shit doing the drugs, beating his wife, he was also living, uh, having a day job as a fucking prosecutor. So he could obviously, you know, put on a show like he was a competent human being. But, you know, who's to say this guy wasn't high on fucking meth when he did this, when his girlfriend was high on meth? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a pretty good meth plan being like, hey, man, I got a great idea. Let's fucking, uh, let's stab him, beat him, and throw him on the fucking- Put him on the tracks. Put him on the tracks, man. Put him on the tracks. Just put him on the tracks. It's cool. It'll work. It's all good. Right? And then they make a mess. Then they make a mess of it. It goes all the way up. Then everyone's getting involved, right? We need need Malik. We need our contacts of the police, right? Well, exactly. It gets back to Clinton, and Clinton's the guy that's saying, hey, you know what? You guys can use Arkansas. I want your guys' political power. I want you guys to back me. You know what I mean? Okay, shit. We have these dead kids. I've got, I know a guy, Fami Malik. He's covered up stuff in the past for me. He helped out my mom. Let's get him on the case. Yeah, he's on the. But take, isn't he right? like obligated to be on the case because like he's county coroner, medical examiner? Well, even better. Perfect. You're like, ah, right, we got a guy. Like, and he makes a call. Like, hey, <laughs> this was this was accidental. Click. <laughs> Let's call the guy who's already elected to the position. <laughs> well, it, right? but it and makes then, sense and because then him, he's already he's already in fucking Clinton or Clinton's already in his pocket. He's already fucking got control over this guy. But doesn't the guy have control over Clinton because he did the what? favor for Clinton? It goes both ways, man. What comes around is all around. <laughs> and also, like it, 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 it just makes sense to me that like if he's they're like okay they fucked it up they're like okay Malik like we need you to rule this one. We like, they make a phone call, right? This one's going to come down the pipe to you. It's accidental. He's now, he's got this autopsy. He's looking, he like, I think it's pretty, from what I've read is like some minor THC was found in the system. Some people say maybe two joints worth. Yeah. Him not really knowing marijuana as one. Perfect. Perfect. This is, this is what I'll use. Right. They did too many marijuana cigarettes, right? Marijuana's got this really bad stereotype at the time. Perfectly, right? 20 well, minutes. Mar- he, mis- he said he misread cigarettes. that one report. Maybe he misread this one. Yeah, right? But he's just a lovable And then he oaf. just didn't want to back down. He's not even involved. They're just like, we need to put this guy's corner because he's so fucking stupid that <laughs> yeah. we, he doesn't even know what's going on. He's just never going to rule something a homicide. He doesn't yeah, believe at, people have it at, in him. 
at this time to say like, oh, they smoked 20 cigarettes. Like that, they don't know any THC content. They don't know enough. That's just like a random guess. That's fucking nothing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He's probably like, I don't know, twenty marijuana cigarettes. Yeah, twenty, like, I guess. <laughs> Must have smoked at least twenty. That sounds good, right? So, and, and then yeah, and then it, it's just it, this one's a great one for me because it's like as you start digging, you're like digging into this one. You're like, oh shit! Like all the people that were involved in this are bona fide scumbags. Everyone, the prosecutors, the coroners, like the sheriff's office at the time, like law enforcement involved, everyone. And you're like, they're like Fucking known sheriffs. scumbags now. So then you're like, it leads me to believe that if if they're out, if they're outed, if they're outed now as scumbags, if they're outed, I'm like, it's they didn't just all of a sudden start like boom that after this incident i was like i think they were scumbags well before this i think this is the only one where they were sloppy enough that it, it kind of muddied them all you know what right. i mean like they fucked up so bad on this one everyone got mud in their face so it kind of left everyone exposed so they like maybe they did like 20 before and they slowly got sloppy on this one they hired the wrong guy or wrong couple guys and it just yeah exactly all the right? dominoes someone, someone over. got sloppy someone got sloppy that's what i think i but uh I, I think I, from everything I've read and looked at, like, do I believe that Clinton was directly involved in these kids being killed? No. But I think, I think something came across his desk being like, hey, this is what happened. Something's happened. We're exposed. We're exposed right. on this one. Right? These people that we have ties with, I don't like to think that Bill Clinton's just like, yo, Hey Bill, what should we do with these ki two kids we found on the tracks? I'll fucking kill them. I don't think that call happened. I think a call was made to kill those kids, put them on the tracks, and then they went, "Hey, this happened," and they went, "Why the fuck would you do that?" And it got yeah. all the way up to Bill, and Bill goes, "Someone, oh. someone, whoever pushes reports to Bill goes, we're exposed on this. We need to act fast." That's what I think happened. Do I think he was directly involved in in this? I think maybe he was just he's just at the head of it. Mate, like, I don't think he's making the like those small day to day calls. Is this so one of the I money think, guys? Yeah, I think I think it came across that said, "Hey, we're exposed," and then they started just paying everyone, right? Do this, do this, do this. Shut that down, Harmon. You need to get in there. You need to put it, like put yourself in the middle of this, right? Get us who who knows who can expose us. Who's gonna backstab us, right? Just give us those names. Everything about this to me comes across as, is like fucking uh, just. I had the word, I fucking lost it, but like spur of the moment decision making. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they didn't have time to decide. They, these kids, we saw these kids were exposed. We need to kill them now. What are we gonna do with their bodies? Let's throw them on the fucking railroad tracks. Yeah, this doesn't seem thought out. This doesn't seem planned. You know what I mean? This seems like a spur of the moment fucking decision that they made, especially without the higher ups being aware of it. That's, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. That's what I think. I, Me too. I completely agree with you. <laughs> I don't know like how far you could say it could go up because if you're, if you're going to go ahead and make the assumption that this is, well, like if you're going to say the CIA were involved, this feels just like a drug ring. This feels just like yep. the, like what the kids saw something they weren't supposed to see. And this feels like a really shitty like drug gang operation because all those people that the witnesses that were, you know, that were knocked off one by one, they were all killed. 
Like one of them disappeared. Yeah. Right. So, but they were killed. And, you know, if it were the CIA, you would have never seen those people again. They would have just disappeared. They wouldn't be dead. Right. You wouldn't put the risk of like, you know, the coroner, like growing a conscience or something like that. They'd be, they'd be gone. They'd be missing. They'd be missing. Or, or their suicides would have looked like suicides because the CIA does have an assassination handbook. Yeah. So (laughs) they have trained assassins to do that shit. What about this? What about this? So maybe the CIA was involved in the drug rings. Uh, in the like in the 86 you know 85 86 87 with Barry Seals they're bringing stuff in they started to get heat the CIA pulls they pull out their support they're like well we're things are getting too hot for us we pull out Barry Seals gets gets pinched all these people all their operation gets done but there's enough people that were still involved that are like hey fuck it we can do it ourselves we don't need them. We don't need their resources. We know we now have the connections, right? We kind of know what we're doing. And then they just take over trying to do the replicate the exact same thing the CIA was funding. Except without any of the CIA backing and everyone's doing the drugs. It was a old CIA operation that was taken over by a gang of misfits. Well, it's like I think it's pretty well known that the CIA was running operations in Arkansas with like bringing drugs in and out. Right from the Central America. Countless cases of, yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, that was the whole Iran-Contra thing. Yeah, yeah. That they were flying weapon. They were flying, you know, drugs to Arkansas to fly weapons back. Actually, they were using the drugs as a cover for flying weapons to the Contras in, like, Nicaragua and, like, in Costa Rica and things like that. So there was that. But there's the money in the drugs, I, right? So it's I like, fuck the guns. I don't know when it stopped. I don't know when those operations stopped. I'm not 100% on I when those operations stopped. I think the CIA stopped, like, allegedly stopped backing them around 86. I don't know 100%, but I that was my thought, is it was just before, because they pinched, they like they let Barry Seals, like, take the fall, and he died in 87? He 87? died in 86. So. Yeah, he he got killed in '86 by a gunshot wound. So I think I think they kind of because he was working for them allegedly, right? And they pulled the support, and then he kind of fell off, and you know was subsequently killed. But uh, I just think I think I think that maybe there was enough people involved when the CIA was meddling that maybe they were like, hey, like why stop? We can do this. We don't need them. We can just keep the keep it going, right? They have all right. the same connections, you know. Pe- people were on take. They had all they had pilots, and so they start doing it themselves. But it's like a like a bad movie, right? Everyone's they think they can do it, but everyone's on the drugs, right? So they're 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 uh, they're on their own supply, and then things get sloppier and sloppier and sloppier, right? And there's enough people still connected in these high ranking offices from when the CIA was involved that they're like. We're exposed because these fucking idiots that we were involved with earlier are now trying to do it themselves. And they have enough dirt on us from when we were all doing it together that we could be we could be exposed here. So why not just kill those people? Yeah, it's fair. Touche. Touche. Good point, Dan. I don't know. All right. Well, we're pretty, we're pretty much all we're all in agreement. <laughs> just kill everybody. We're all in agreement that it's probably right. some type of drug, drug most cartel of the ring. All, Let's uh Let's let's close the book on this one for now. Um, you know, it's still it's still open thing. You know, there could be new developments, so uh, we won't just we might retouch so on it later. As so we there's new wait, stuff. we did this on alien theorists theorizing, so there's no uh, supernatural or ET connections to this. This is a straight corruption. This is this is straight corruption conspiracy. Hmm. 
Don't straight, do too many of those. Straight government corruption. Little ATT true crime little, coming at you. Well, government conspiracy. Government cover-up. Much like 9-11. Half a percent. Just like it. Just like it. <laughs> do we say aliens at the end? You wanna, and, well, maybe aliens. Aliens put them on the tracks. Are we covered? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I think so. I'm a, <laughs> yes. That's We're covered. Pretty, yeah, I, I'd accept that. All right, let's get into... Uh, Let's get into some five star reviews. Getting open. into them? Yeah. Getting into open. <laughs> We're getting into them. Okay. It's opening. It's like <laughs> the tab's been closed so long that it like auto reloaded. And it's just, I've had, I had like a million tabs opened. All right. Got- well, this is, all right. Here we go. Uh, listen to your husband. Five star review by Dragon Horde Yarn, uh, June 4th. Uh, my husband has not shut up about this podcast for about a, a year now. He was right, God damn it! Thank you guys for the awesome podcast. I like that. He hasn't shut up about this podcast for a whole year. That's amazing. <laughs> God damn it, I like it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, finding humor and entertainment in the unknown. Uh, Five star review from Rate Nerd. Uh, from USA, just want you guys to know how much I enjoy the show. The show is just like how me and my buddies talk about this stuff. Open-minded with a healthy amount of spe- skepticism. Even though I personally, I have personally seen and experienced craziness and sleep paralysis, we cut up about it all the time. Fun times. Keep up the good work, guys, and I'll keep listening. Semper Fi. Uh, shout out uh, by Maddie B. 2011 five-star review so i just started listening a few weeks ago and i've loved the show so funny hope you guys are still doing shout outs for five stars my favorite guys are andrew and zell so Woo! funny i'm Woo! sure yeah i'm sure you on episode 27 he's on episode 27 well no love for Braden, but that's fine all right no love for Braden this time <laughs> least favorite least favorite Braden. <laughs> Uh, the truth is out there by and how uh, five star from United States. Are we alone in the universe? Impossible. When you consider the wonders that exist all around us, voodoo priests of, of Haiti, the Tibetan numerologists of alopecia, the unsolved mysteries of unsolved mysteries. The truth is out there and it's in Canada. Extremely funny, kind of informative, but most importantly, these guys will become your new best friends while discussing the unknown. That's Ooh, fucking right. Alopecia. Yeah, Appalachia? I don't know. I, I may have said Appalachia. Appalachia? Or what? Al- Alopecia I've got, is, I've is got, hair loss. I've got baldness on the brain, man. It's <laughs> Wait, was it Alopecia or was it Appal- Appalachia? Appalachia? Did I say that's, Alopecia? What, that's Tibetan numerologist of Appalachia. Appalachia is like in here in the United States. It's like East Coast. Appalachian Mountains that we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like West Virginia. The Tibetan numerologist. Now we're referring to Appalachia. Of Alopecia. Of Alopecia Mountains. All right. That's uh, that's all I'm going to read for five-star reviews. We've got a ton of five-star reviews. So thanks, guys. We really appreciate those. I was going to read some on Facebook, but I couldn't get a word in there. So let's keep going. Go ahead. No, I said I was going to read some off off Facebook, but I couldn't get a word in. Oh, go ahead. Read some off Facebook. No, let's let's do it. We'll do them next time. What I was, no, I, that's all I was going to read off the website. You can read one off Facebook. You don't yeah, even do have one. it up. I'll do, <laughs> He's bullshit. I'll do one off Facebook. By far the best podcast around. Can't recommend it more. Hilarious, great info, and genuinely brilliant. Five out of five stars doesn't seem enough. From 
Sean Young Wolf Duffy. Thanks, brother. Peace. Appreciate it. Uh, what else we got? What else uh, we got? Do? What else do we do? Oh, yeah. pa- the patrons. Patrons. Uh, Siraj M. Anderson. Uh, Brendan Morrissey. Marmon. Daniel Sam. Humanismu. Rob Buckley. Nicholas Warrell. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nicholas. 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 Uh, Jacob Carey. Nicholas. Jillian. Melissa Jeffrey. Amy Brutnell. Let's give him one more. Black Ron Pond. I know that's, uh, we said that one last time, but I'll say it again. That's my, that's all I got for. Uh, that's because he, he increased his pledge like a genius and he got read twice. Yeah, yeah that's all good. <laughs> Clever. Do it. Clever man. Um, um we got to talk about one thing that we yep. haven't really talked about yet. Prolapsers has been extinguished. It's been vaulted. It, but we they've have been, not. Put it in the they've vault. Been re- they've been retracted? Retract? <laughs> <laughs> the prolapsers have been retracted. Yeah. If you listened to Elapsed. this case file before episode 100, then you're an OG prolapser. But now, for reasons we cannot disclose, we have to change the names of the people who listen to this show. I don't know. Should we should we just like put out like an open an open thing, or should we just uh, name it right now? Oh well, should we, we can... just call everybody the Theory Nation or something? No, that's so lame. Everyone's uh, a I wish we could have kept the theorists. theorists because I like that one. I wish we could have kept that. That'd be something hilarious. Something. Something. Those are that's but that's our Patreon tier now. It's, you call everybody Junior Theorists. Uh, Zell, you got a prolapse of the week? We're not doing prolapse of the week. We just talked about that right before you said that. Did I? Yeah, well, we're not doing yeah, prolapse. You're anymore. not using that word anymore. <laughs> oh, apparently. sorry. Damn it, <laughs> Zell's person of the week. Nope, not gonna. Do it. We're not gonna do it. Uh, person of the week until we get a new name. So, okay, it's all, all good. Right. Uh, and then, <laughs> my mind is blood. It's like what? <laughs> fabric no, of reality no, is tearing in front of me. It's <laughs> place. Yeah, none of you fuckers deserve it. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I gave myself back to back person of the week. <laughs> Three in, While three you were in gone. a row. Time? No, three in a row time. when I was gone. Three in a row when I was gone. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, anything else? Anything else we gotta talk about before we sign off on this one? Oh, follow us, alientheorist.com. Support us on Patreon, social media. You can find us anywhere. Uh, anything else? Anything else before we sign this one off? Oh, that is it. All right, and uh, as we always say at the end of these things. Keep those eyes on the skies.